0: This is episode 45 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holden, the resident intuitive healer and witch at sensitivityuncensored.com. Each new and full moon, I bring you the voices of sensitive, empathic, and creative pioneers starting conversations to lift up the voices of sensitive souls who have a piece of the solution to help all of us evolve out of the limiting, patriarchal structures that bind us and start to create a new world that values us all. This is the Soul of Sensitivity. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Soul of Sensitivity. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for those of you who wrote to me after the last show and congratulated me on my pregnancy. That that makes me excited, too. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate your support. And um, I'm really excited for our guest today. So we'll just do a quick introduction today. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters, all of you who have left a review on iTunes or on another app to help get this podcast in front of more ears and more eyeballs any way that you can support this and my other uh, the other work that I do for free is greatly appreciated. And you get this podcast um, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and there's also more free work that I provide to my membership group, The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, including weekly touchstones that include journeys, card reading classes, free intuition courses, all kinds of fun things, plus a community on Mighty Networks to be with other highly sensitive, intuitive, magical people. So thank you. Um, that's a place for, for you to get more of this free work. And thank you so much for supporting this free work. I had been trying to get my sound healing teacher, Irene, on the podcast for I um, months now, and our schedules just could not line up. And so I think I may have asked her to do this like you know, last fall or something. And we were finally able to find a time to um, to meet together and to have this uh, conversation. Because if there is one thing that has changed my life more in the last couple years, it is sound healing and the power of sound. Um, and, the, and, you know, and just this power of... Oh, understanding vibration at a whole new level and irene is one of these people who i I could have talked to her the entire afternoon i think there is she's she's knowledgeable on you know so many things that i've only barely tapped into and so our conversation today we talk about the power of sound. We talk about the um, particular power of the crystal alchemy sound bowls, which we use. Um, we talk about uh, light language, which is which is a specialty of hers and something that is becoming more powerful in my own practice. Um, and you know we we talk about some of the amazing trips that she has coming up. So I'm really excited to to share this conversation. And something that is a little ironic (laughs) um, talking to a sound dealer is that the sound got a little bit um, gravelly in the near near the end of the interview. So I thought maybe I could edit it out, but I wasn't able to. So just be aware of that. And I hope it's not too, um, too difficult to listen to. I don't find it terribly bad, but I'm just giving a little bit of a heads up since a lot of us are highly sensitive. So I really hope that you can get through that because this interview is fantastic. And you know, if you haven't received um, any sound healing or you haven't been to a sound bath, if you're in the Seattle area, I recommend going to the Seattle Sound Temple. There are other great sound healers in the area. Um, And I had gone to a few um, sound baths done by different people before I went to the Seattle Sound Temple, and the sound at the Sound Temple blew my socks off. (laughs) It was just such a different experience. And if you're not in the Seattle area, I recommend looking up different sound healings, a lot of times, yoga studios will host sound baths on uh, certain evenings, so that's a good place to keep, your, to keep your eye out. All right, I want to go ahead and introduce Irene. Irene Ingalls is a light language sound healer and founder of the Seattle Sound Temple. She's also the owner. She's been working in the field of sound and energy healing for the past 14 years, leading spiritual group journeys to Peru and Egypt, and teaching the art of sound healing in Seattle since the Sound Temple opened four years ago. She says there's probably more there too, but she's a shy person. (laughs) So without further ado, here is my lovely conversation with Irene. So I'm curious. I don't really know the story of, you know, I met you at the Seattle Sound Temple, um, but how did the, how did you found the Seattle Sound Temple? How did that come to be?
1: Mm, th- the Seattle Sound Temple, my, w- when I look back on it now, my sense is that it was, it was in the etheric template um, long, the be- oh, probably a year before it came into form. Mm. And and it came into form, it began to form when I was on a pilgrimage to Egypt. So I was leading my, I was in Egypt for my fifth time. I was leading a tour. I was also having a, um, oh, a life crisis with my relationship uh, with my now ex husband. And um, at the time, the group left Egypt, and I embarked on a solo trip um, where I had and my intention was on the solo trip to go to Jordan, go to Petra, and then and then to Israel. And it was for me, it was also a journey about bringing peace to the Middle East through um, setting intentions and beginning on the Giza Plateau with connecting to the crystalline grid above the planet with crystals from Egypt and the Giza plateau and then in Jordan and then primarily in in uh, Israel and in Jerusalem area but i but i was on this i was on this oh walk if you will after my egypt group left and i was writing in my journal one of the things that that I was wanting to create. And I have a deep connection to Anubis, who is one of the Egyptian deities. He's, you would know him as the black dog, who um, he's, he is the carrier between worlds. He walks people between the worlds. And in particular, he helps lost children uh, through the desert, and that's interesting. Also, now I think about it, since I was in the desert, to find their way home because he he was the orphan's child. Well, he was orphaned. It's a whole long story with Osiris and 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 Isis, but he was their child, uh, born out of wedlock. He wasn't actually Isis's child, born out of wedlock. He was, he was Osiris's child with Isis's sister. So it's it's a big myth, mythological. Oh, story, but I had this kind of, and I've always had a connection to Anubis, so I created this an which was I'm finding my my a uh, new biz b i z, and and that was my joke in Egypt, and I wrote it in my journal, and as I was making my way through Jordan and in um, Israel by myself, I was making several journal entries really related to my new path, now that my marriage had taken a turn, um, that was a surprise to me. Mm -hmm. And and I wrote something in my journal that honestly, Anna, I didn't find for two years. Two years later, after the Sound Temple came into being, I Mm -hmm. cracked that journal open from that journey and found a page where I had written while I was in... Israel, I had written to myself a new biz, B I Z on the top. And then underneath I wrote, I am going my vision is to, to sell Crystal Tones alchemy bowls to in Seattle and open a business selling and and offering crystal singing balls. And I swear to you, I looked at that two years after I'd opened up the The Sound Temple, I looked at that page and I thought, I don't remember writing that. (laughs) And I can't believe it actually happened. Uh, But of course, I can believe it actually happened. So that was, that happened. That was something I saw two years later. And that was a very potent trip for me, that trip. It was full of magic and full of soul searching and, 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 and creating my new future.
0: Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's incredible.
1: So that was pretty cool. And then, the, and then from there, I came back to Seattle, and uh, my marriage went through some permutations. I, I received my husband back after so, after he, we had uh, this. That story is pretty interesting, but it's not really what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We we ended up coming back together for a. a series of what ended up to be eight months. But in the beginning of our returning back to each other, um, I every year host a winter solstice, and I have for years with with my, um, what I call my kind of power sister group. And three hours before our winter solstice this particular year, and this is prior to the Sound Temple's opening, I had my ball uh, bag with my four four bowls, alchemy crystal bowls that had traveled with me to to Egypt several times, all around the world, and three hours before the winter solstice event, I was calling in the energies of the four directions, and I it was sort of like a Mickey Mouse, you know, in the sort of with his wand and. <laughs> In that movie, what I can't remember, what that uh, Fantasia. Fantasia, yep. And he's got the wand, and he's so I was just in my power place, and I picked up my my uh, galbea, which was what my white galbea off my bed, and I had my I watched my bowls roll off the bed, <gasps> and crash and break on the floor. All of them. All all of them except. to, t- Two, two of the smaller ones, my main bowls, moments before this winter solstice. So bear in mind, it's winter solstice. It's kind of a powerful night. My bowls break. I, I, I have the ceremony. I, we rented a space. I was able to sit in front of the other person's frosted bowls, which weren't mine. None of them. I carried my old frosted bowl with me. I played. I did the ceremony I cried afterwards. Nobody noticed that I didn't have my bowls. Hmm. But what was interesting was uh, I did the light language. I, my my guides kept coming to me and and they had to they had to calm me down because a month in four weeks I was to go to Canada and teach a light language workshop and I kept just focusing on like how can I do it without my bowls and they would come around and say it's okay it's okay hmm. just keep you're fine. Okay, just keep going. So I did the ceremony. I had a couple people come up that evening and say, that light language that evening was like the most powerful they'd ever heard before. And I realized that my bowls were part of my tools, but the energy of the divine and the light language and all of that was, I was, I was the same bowl myself, <laughs> but I was still really upset about losing my bowls. Mm-hmm. fast forward a couple weeks, um, my husband tells me that he will help you know we have to replace my balls because they 're my tools, so I call crystal tones um, i I get this idea in my head that what I should do is I should see if I can buy bowls wholesale and sell them to my friends. Now, I have this idea that it 's going to be really small, sure, and I talk to them, and he goes. Crazy. He's like, "Oh my gosh, we need a person in Seattle. You'd be perfect." And, and can you spend this huge amount of money? And I said, "Sure." And then I looked around as if somebody else said that, and I thought, "Who just said that?" <laughs> I don't have a huge amount of money, but I but I hung up the phone and I started jumping up and down, and I said, "I'm going to buy. I'm going to start a sound. T- I'm going to not. I didn't even have the name. I'm going to start selling these bowls." So that's how it all started. Um, it started a little clunky, a beautiful, there's, it's a long, huge story that even goes in, in more, it becomes even more interesting, but I will share you with this part of it. Bef- on my journey in the desert, I had a team of Hathors that I called my team of 15 that were with me the whole time. As I did that, that, that work mm-hmm. for the planet and really for myself too and my future self. When we got back, my husband went to the same intuitive, and he came back and he said, "Oh my gosh, for some reason there are like these fifteen giant beings with it." And that was, and like I've never, they've never been with me. And I got to thinking, those have got to be my guides that were with him. So they were working with the both of us to create the sound temple, which hadn't come into form yet. Mm -hmm. Um, He and I had a a falling out of sorts around the beginning of the sound temple. He went to his therapist. His therapist said to him, I'm going to tell you something, Adam, you need to take your hands off and, and take, uh, take, take money out of your, out of your retirement account and give it to Irene and let her do whatever she wants with it and start this business and don't interfere with her. So he came home from that 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 therapist um, session, and he sat me on the couch, and he said, "The only way we're going to heal is if I stop controlling you, and we do this." So wow. he, his higher self, and our team—his, my team—was working with him, and we started building the sound temple together. He 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 did all the construction here i designed it all it all came into form and and uh three months into the sound temple i thought it was going to be part-time work for me It, it it came became my whole life he and i went on a walk and he said i can't be in this marriage anymore you're not present you're working too much you're not here for me like you were when we got back together and uh and then I realized we came back together to build the sound temple together. And then it was time for him to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, wow. and, and Lupito, who I work with, he's one of the bowl makers. He always said to me, when the bowls come into your life, they will move everything that's not in the same vibration out of your life. So it's something I watch with my clients over and over again, when people are ready to bring this higher vibration into their life, the bulls assist in in lifting everything up and moving you with into your into your rightful soul's calling and and anything that is not really in service with you and it can be painful will fall away. So at that point, after the temple was built, um, it was really clear my marriage was over and. And that was okay. It was tough, but it was, it was yeah. perfect. That was four years ago.
0: Oh my gosh! And I will, I will absolutely, you know, agree with what you just said. Because as the bulls have come into my life, it's been the magic has intensified, and anything that has just been not right that I've kind of been hanging on to is like, nope, you're done. Nope, you're done. <laughs> and so it's just been this really cool. Um, vibration really to be at where it's like it it, it provides a lot of clarity. Uh the, the the vibration of the bowls and working with the bowls has created a lot of clarity for me in, you know, what comes next and in, you know, basically where my spiritual lane is if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So so for the listeners who I mean I've talked about sound healing on here before but for the listeners who aren't familiar with these um these crystal alchemy, you know, crystal tones, alchemy singing bowls, how are they different from other singing bowls that we'd see?
1: Oh, my gosh. They're, I, I think of them as the concert grand pianos of singing bowls. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the, the original singing bowls are really wonderful sort of starter bowls for a lot of us, and they were my starter bowl, and they're, they're the frosted white bowls they and the frosted white bowls are made unfortunately they are made in china and um like a lot of things which which is but they're they're still high quality a lot mm-hmm. of them some of them are not but most of them are mm-hmm. we have them here but the crystal tones alchemy bowls are made one at a time at 2400 degrees. The the 98% quartz crystal is crushed, melted down, and poured into a centrifugal mold where the bowl is formed, and each one is formed individually. And then on top of that, they're added. um, They add in, if you want, their different alchemies. And what that means is that some have gold infused, some are infused with ruby, and Peridot and rose quartz, and the list goes on. There's lapis lazuli. There's turquoise bowls. There's Sedona red rock bowls. So the bowls have the sort of homeopathic, if you will, alchemy of the stone that also vibrates out with the sound and the intention when it's played. So that so they're like sound medicine.
0: Yes. And I, and I kind of wish that the, the listeners could see, cause I'm looking at you, you're in the sound temple and behind you is the wall of bowls. <laughs> it's just, you know, and they, and what's so cool that about, you know, the alchemizing um, just from a visual perspective is that you add gold, but it doesn't mean the bowl turns out gold.
1: That's absolutely correct. What's really sweet about the whole process is for instance, Gold will turn different colors under different heat temperatures. So the first color it turns is aqua blue. That sort of, it's a beautiful mm, aqua blue. And and you'll see quartz crystals that are called called, um, aqua blue quartz. Mm -hmm. And then the next few colors, there are many colors you can get. You can get pink. They, ca- they have figured out how to get lemon gold out of that. There's, um, let me think, there's pink, there's gold, there's blue, there's green. Uh, so so the, the process, they've been making these bowls and working on this process for, over, for the last 15 years. And they, they have a patented process. They're the only ones that make this high-quality bowl in this way. And, and they're, they're made right here in, in Salt Lake City.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I have an Aqua Aura bowl. That was my first my first bowl. I call, her name is Esther. She's <laughs> very They have such interesting personalities, energetic imprints. All of my bowls are very unique. I have 3 bowls and they're so unique. And when I'm working, I mostly work one on one with people with the bulls and they tell me what's next. They tell me who goes where. They tell me what needs to happen next. The I'm really I'm really just the arms and legs and and voice <laughs> to the work that the that the bulls do and that the you know the guides and allies of the client do.
1: Yeah. It's it's fascinating. They are, they are beings and they're sentient beings just in the same way that quartz crystals hold information. These bulls, they're quartz crystals and they, and they have, they certainly have personalities and they will communicate. They communicate all the time. They communicate with me when I'm not playing them enough. Yep. Or if I'm traveling, I can, they'll pop in and, and support me or I'll support them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an incredible relationship.
0: Yeah, I had never had anything quite like that. It you know, when I had my very first bowl, I used to set it behind me there on my altar and I'd be working online with someone and like <laughs> Esther my bowl would be like, "Eh, it's my turn." It's my turn. And I and it, it was like it was like being kind of hit over the head, you know. And I was like, "Okay, okay." And and she actually really likes working in harmony with the others. She's not quite so bossy anymore. Which is really, which is nice, but, uh, but yeah, they are such incredible beings, really, to work with. Uh, they're
1: just magical. They they are, and the other thing I really enjoy about them is there are so many overtones with the bowls that one of the things I like to encourage people to do is sing with the bowl. So so they're really a non-judgmental singing partner. Mm -hmm. And if you hold the bowl, I know, Anna, you've had this experience, you hold the bowl and you sing into it, it creates all sorts of overtones with your own voice and your own voice is supported. And then Mm -hmm. you take that and you work with a client, you're supported and their voice is held by the bowl. And when a client starts to tone and you're toning and the bowl's toning, magic, and complete magic
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: unfolds.
0: Yeah, sound healing has been a complete game changer in my practice and the way that I work with clients. And I I, I can't I mean, the amount of I mean, doing intuitive work is great. I you know I do intuitive work, but the the integration of the nervous system and, you know, onboarding every cell in the body in this vibrational process has been a game changer for my clients and they express to me how much more space they feel in their bodies when they're done, how clear they feel, how calm they feel. Um, A lot of them feel like they just downloaded information. You know, sometimes they can put their finger on it, sometimes they can't. They have remembrance of past lives and past things, and it's it's fascinating what vibration
1: does. It does. There's so many things that Sound and vibration. Well, everything in the universe vibrates. Right. So, and it's everything's in vibration and movement. And, and within that, there's also, there is really actually all this space mm-hmm. between ourselves. We're mostly, you know, our bodies are 75% water, but when you get down to the cellular and the, the atom structure and beyond that and all the way down, there's all this space. We're really also made up of space and that we're vibrating through that space. So, what was my point about that? I, what, um, <laughs> I was well, saying that oh, people feel spacious. Yeah, go ahead. Oh well, what it also does is it it allows it, w- w- when you start to play around with the bowls. If you you can also things happen, um, and what I want to s- address here is the that. Uh, portals open up and vortexes open up and you can and and they become a shamanic tool so that you can work backwards and forwards in time and work with your future self and the and then on a on a scientific level the brain waves are shifting out of beta and into theta and sometimes into delta where you you're you're in that dream that waking dream state and you are allowed to see or you can see your guides and you do get messages. And it's a time when our bodies, our minds get quiet enough that we can hear our higher selves because we're always moving around in this, in this beta state. But mm-hmm. the balls assist us to, to access these different levels of consciousness. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And as I've started doing some journey work, I've found the bowls just to be invaluable. And and, and I don't, you know, I want to hear from you. Um, So a lot of listeners have heard that I trained with you um, through the Seattle Sound Temple with your level one and level two sound healer training. And the more that I've worked doing sound healings for people, the more that I feel like the bowls do create just this portal where I kind of um, come in, I don't know, as the messenger, as the hollow reed to catch the right vibrations as they need to come down to relay the messages that need to come down. Like I just become a bridge and you're right, I am moving forward and backward in time. And the client is too, It's this. it's this interesting little, you know, choreography and it feels effortless to me. It just feels like I'm catching tones <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I do use my voice a lot and I use the tones a lot. And, and it was funny. There was this one day where there was, I needed, I needed the tiny little bowl that I don't have yet. Cause I couldn't catch the vibration. And you know, it was like, it, it was almost as high as a dog whistle. So I was just intending that vibration, but it's this, just this really beautiful dance that has tangible healing effects for people. I, I just, I'm just, I've just never been happier with a new healing modality as I have been with sound. It's so cool. And I had been to a few, um, sound baths before I came to Seattle Sound Temple, but the sound baths I'd been to, um, had been either using the, um, the white bowls that you talked about earlier, um, or using um, like metal bowls, gongs, didgeridoos, and and all those all those bats were great, but the clear sound that the alchemy bowls make is is like nothing you've ever heard. It's nothing I had ever heard before. It it's like they sang to me, not just on that vibrational body level and the brain level, but it, it's like I could feel myself on the ethereal on the astral it's like all parts of me felt engaged
1: yeah it's absolutely true i i really love people um who come for their first time and don't have any idea about what they're about to experience and and their eyes will be so big afterwards and and you know, and they'll say things, everything from like, "What just happened?" <laughs> because I this person appeared, or I my grandfather's been dead, or like, what, or I feel so different, or my pain went away, or I like, what happened? And uh, you know, I usually smile and tell them that you know they were um, gifted this ability to rest and receive and and that's really them that's mm-hmm. them perhaps right. their true self um, and 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 with with all of it my teacher Tom Kenyon who's one of, I have a couple sound healing teachers but uh, John uh, um, Tom Kenyon was my primary one mm, 15 years ago but he refers to being, which I love this, I love this, the pizza delivery guy. And and that's really how I feel about it too. It's that we are, we're just delivering the sound. And as we're the hollow reed, mm-hmm. we're able to serve it. And and how people eat it and with their hands or all of it or you know, pick off this part or that part, it's their choice. And, and they're really participating in their own Ascension mastery or their own work or how far they want to go with it, how open they are, that's that's self-will for each each person. And so people can have all sorts of experiences.
0: All kinds. Yeah. I love what you talked about as being the pizza delivery guy. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had one client. It was so funny. Um, I'd seen him a few times and he said, and I was starting to do the sound healing and he goes he goes, I really don't want the sound healing. And then he says, that's how I know I need it. So I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And it
1: was, <laughs> it was so
0: funny. And he, I, at some point suggested, okay, why don't we try a little sound healing? And he had, he, he was one client who had these like amazing breakthrough experiences while receiving the sound healing. And so it was just so, cause you never know, like you said, how they're going to, Receive their pizza. How are they going to eat their pizza? Um, and it's just cool to to be there in whatever form of um, a meal they they get. <laughs> um, and you are the first person that I have ever heard speak light language.
1: Ah, oh, how was that for you? The first time you heard it, what was your experience? It was amazing. Um,
0: you know, it's funny. I'm trying to remember the first time. It, but it just it just felt like, um, to me, it sounded like angels talking. Like that's what it sounded like to me. I thought that angels were talking and I, I didn't know anything about it at the time. And so, and now I've learned quite a bit from you and light language comes through me pretty easily now <laughs> in um, sound healings. Um, but I would love to hear about how you got turned on to light language, how it started coming to you. And I know you teach it. Um, but I'd love to hear that story about how that started coming through for you.
1: You know, what I think is really cool about it is that I started painting and drawing it in my twenties in my early twenties. Um, and I didn't know what it was. So, so light language for those who don't know what it is, It also, it looks... Well, let's see. If you have taken Reiki, for instance, Mm -hmm. then you know how to draw those Reiki symbols. And Reiki symbols are light language symbols. And um, light language symbols, some of... There's five on the planet that are still... Five languages from the light language um, multiverse that are still present on, on the Earth star, planet Earth. And those are... Ancient Egyptian, um, Hebrew, Sanskrit, ancient uh, the 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 ancient Chinese the older Chinese writings, and uh, Mayan. And if you think about the the way that those languages are written, in particular uh, Hebrew and Sanskrit, they are referred to as language like the fire letters in 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 the hebrew language they're actually called fire letters and what is so i started painting them in my 20s, and I knew that they were special. and they're, they, if all, all, I didn't really have the language for where, what they were or where they were coming from. So the best I could describe to people was, well, they come from, it feels like they come from the stars. And then, so of course, as soon as I said that, people would roll their eyes and walk away from me. And the funny thing is, is I sold those paintings. People were so drawn to those symbols. They'd say, what are those symbols? I have to have that painting. Mm -hmm. So I learned to say that they were collective consciousness symbols and everybody, safer, right? Mm -hmm. Safer language for folks. (laughs) And and it really wasn't until many years later that I learned that they were light language. Now for me, um, I had heard light language before I started speaking light language. Mm -hmm. So I knew what it was, but what I didn't know is that I'd been, drawing it and painting it since I was 22 years old, Hmm. which was, I won't tell you how old I am right now because my mouth's so cerebral, but uh, (laughs) many, many years ago, it was was part, it had been part of my life. So I knew what it sounded like, and um, I began to, I discovered that if, that I wanted to, Draw the light language symbols. Okay, well, here's how I found out about it. I didn't know what they were. I went to a workshop where a friend of mine was teaching, Jenny Miller is her, my, her name, and she was telling a story about how she connected to Mary Magdalene and Isis and she, in her meditation, and she began to draw these symbols. And I'm sitting there, and I'm staring at her, and I'm thinking, I know what those look like. Because I hadn't heard, I hadn't been told yet or learned that they were light language symbols I'd been painting for, you know, 35 years or whatever it had been. <laughs> and she turned around, she showed this piece of paper and I pretty much fell over. And I, I said, these are light language symbols? And she said, yes. And I said, I've been painting, I've been drawing these since I, since I was 20, in my 20s. And then when I told my friend Danielle Hoffman, who had been speaking light language and is another one of my teachers who is... An amazing teacher she laughed at me and she's i mean in a sweet loving way she said irene i thought you knew those were light language symbols because she knew and i said i didn't know (laughs) so but i was so happy to know because i knew they were coming from the stars because at two or three in the morning when i was painting i could feel them coming in Mm -hmm. so then i decided that since i knew how to draw them i would go to find powerful places on the planet and sit and asked to draw the light language symbols of that place. Mm. So I would—I happened to be at a um, a a Tibetan Buddhist center in Colorado with my one of my best friends who'd been working there, and I walked up to this meditation hill, a hill where the monks and the that in the Tibetan monks who'd been coming from Tibet and this and all the. People who had worked on this land have been meditating twice a day for 30 years. And I found this spot. I walked around and around and I said, I want a powerful spot to write the light language symbols of this place. And I was drawn to this circle of earth and I sat right on it. And I opened up my my sketchbook and I, I made the connection. And I said, I My intention is to draw the light language symbols of this spot. And I'll tell you, Anna, I've never felt energy come through me as it did that day. And even since, it was a huge kundalini lightning bolt. And my pen, as I put my pen to paper and started drawing the light language symbols, my pen was moving at, the, at, at faster than my hand has ever moved. And I was flipping the pages and, then, and this energy was rising in my body and it was so sensual and strong and powerful and it, my body was shaking and I thought this is too much. So I'd stop writing and the energy would fall away. Mm-hmm. And then I'd start writing and it would rise again until it went right out the top of my head. And I started speaking light language at this, sp- 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 like woof, really fast. And fortunately I knew what it was because I would have thought I was crazy. And I think this is why some people who have their Kundalini experiences lose their mind because yeah. there are, there's no, we don't talk about these things. And, no. uh, so that was how I started to speak it. And, and then, then I went on an interesting journey of, well, I'm doing sound healing in my sessions, or I was doing energy healing, Reiki and alchemical healing, using my bowl more. And now I could, my voice wanted to speak light language. So, and I was mortified that I would scare people. So I'd be using my bowl and they'd be laying on the table. And I felt like I was going, mm, mm, mm because Choking like, back. <laughs> wanted to come out. So I timidly started speaking it and, you know, you know me now that it just flows out. And, and, and this is the, this is a big lesson I think for us all. I I didn't want to do that. Like I, I, I can't imagine if I knew 20 years ago, what I'm doing now, I would have said, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm getting up on stage and speaking light language in a microphone. Like what's that? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but if once it starts to come through, it's, it's, it's like a responsibility. They ordered the pizza. You have to you have to deliver it or it's, you don't have to. But, you know, they're not. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: I mean, I, when I first when I first heard it, you know, and I was kind of I used to be well, I, I came from a place psychically where I was pretty skeptical of channeling just that. That's a long story in and of itself, but I was kind of skeptical of that energy. I didn't really like that energy. And so I was like, I don't know about this light language stuff. Like, that's cool that you're doing it. I like that you're doing it, but like, I don't think that's going to happen for me because I don't let things through the crown of my head. I was just like, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that the first time I spoke it, it came through so powerfully that I felt like I was vomiting. It's It felt like I was vomiting words because I was kind of resisting it. You know, and so it would come through, and these, like, la, 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 you know. <laughs> and I remember the first client who she has a lot of starseed energy from other places, and light language came through, and it was that sensation where it's like I was purging light language. And as soon as I recognized that that was not me trying to do it, it was I was doing it from a safe place of being you know, sovereign yet tuned in to someone else that, that I, it truly was just the messenger and it was just something that came through
1: me mm-hmm.
0: and then was finished. And it's, it's now, it's just as easy as speaking. Uh, and when it comes through, it just
1: comes through. It's so, it's, it's, a it's so beautiful. And, and uh, I don't know about how it is for you, but for me, I'm, I love the the um, access to or i don't want to say ability i would i want to use the word the access to because every person that i work with and when i do a sound bath the people in the room their guides or wherever they come from or the sound or the light language that their lineage will come through me so there is i do have my strong languages that are my origin languages but i love it when when i get to visit another star system or some another another entire dimension because that person brings in that energy whether it's the dolphins the whales or sanat kamara or it's archangel metatron or it's some the Pleiadians or some star system that we have no idea. And I don't, and they, and it's even the sounds that come out of my mouth are so strange. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. But it's, yes. I had that experience last week actually, where, you know, it seemed like I had been speaking the kind of a similar dialogue or dialect rather. And I actually don't, get keyed into where it's coming from. Like, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, but there was a totally new dialect came through where my mouth was making sounds that I didn't know it could make. There were these clicks and these, my mouth, I had never made sounds like that before. And it was like, my mouth just knew what to do. It was so, I, like, there was the, the part of me, you know, that's like, in my mind and conscious kind of right next to me going, this is so crazy (laughs) listen to these sounds like i didn't know that my mouth could do that i think if you had asked me to try to make those sounds i don't think i could
1: (laughs) and you know that you're touching on another part of sound healing i think is so fat so incredible as when we are those hollow reeds we are able to make sounds that come through that we can't we normally are very difficult to make yeah it's really fun and and sometimes you are able to reach those really high pitches or you 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 modulate or you can you can make a tone that goes on for an impossibly long period of time you can't even believe it
0: yeah i've experienced that i mean i remember when i was in like the middle school choir i was a very strong alto but like soprano notes are just not my thing and the notes that i can hit when i'm in sound healing space you know, I like. Uh, there's a part where I'm having like my own Mariah Carey moment over there, going like, "How can I possibly be hitting this? There's no way, if I was not in a healing space, that I could find that
1: note." Isn't that beautiful? It's
0: it's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's it's wonderful too because there's so much learning that co- continues to happen. I I there's so much learning, Anna, that you know, it's like I always say, it's like. When I was a kid, I loved Jacques Cousteau and I always felt like he was going to find, he was always finding new things in our own ocean. Well, there's so much to learn and it's infinite knowledge because the infinite mind is infinite. That's a whole, that's the whole beat of infinity that it's ongoing learning. And when we tap into that and understand that life is so exciting. So exciting. Yeah. And I...
0: I feel like I explore something new or I, I learn something new or tap into something new every session you know it does feel like an ongoing exploration to me and I absolutely adore the work I, I feel lucky that I get to do it you know I just feel so lucky that I get to do it and it's funny we were talking earlier about bulls having personalities and that sort of a thing and my bulls, I'm looking at the bulls behind you. And my bowls have been telling me that I need two more. They're like, we're not finished yet. Like we're not a complete set yet. I'm kind of like, okay, let me check the bank account.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's they're so funny that way. It's true. Oh my.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I love what you were saying about just have, you know, just singing with a bowl. For a year, I just had one bowl. And she and I just sang together and there's, there's an amazing amount of healing that can be done with one bowl and your voice. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's just incredible. So that, you know, you, you talked about earlier, a story about, you know, a trip to Egypt and I know that you are still guiding trips to Egypt and that you have one coming up next fall. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit about these trips that you guide and tell us about the one coming up this fall.
1: Ooh, mm. well, this this fall we um, are leaving. We're embarking sixteen intrepid spiritual journeyers uh, on a trip to Egypt. And we this will be my eighth time to Egypt. And and each time we we go to the main, the same main temples. And what we do that's different from most trips, uh, and is that we have private time in in three of the main temples, and and we also, well, let me just start that we start at the pause of the Sphinx at sunrise, and we begin our journey through all the temples and all the sacred temples there. Each one has a different vibration. And and it's thought that the initiate path would move through each of these temples, and you weren't al- you weren't allowed, or you didn't move to the next temple until you had completed the initiate the initiatory task of that temple. Mm. So we begin at the Sphinx for sunrise, and we um, then move to many temples including uh, Philae, uh, which is an island temple. It's Isis's temple in the Nile. And we, we approach by sailboat at four in the morning and the gate is open for us. And it's just us in the temple. And I'll, I, 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 I get, I'm thrilled every time we approach that gate and the guard opens it just for us and it squeaks open. Wow. And we, we approach in the dark and... Um, Myself and my co-leader this this year, uh, Laura Bailey, who's gone with gone many times mm-hmm. on the same trip and has helped me for the last two trips. We lead the group into the holy of holies of Isis's temple, and we do a tonal group sound work ceremony meditation in the temple as the sun is rising, and it is that it's. It's, the whole trip is life-changing, and it, it is the trip, oh, 15 years ago, that really changed my life and brought me into the sound healing world and updated me <laughs> to my purpose this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to watch everybody have the same experience and people remember lifetimes there. Then we end in the Great Pyramid uh, 14 days later. We, ha- we are in the pyramid by ourselves, toning in the King's Chamber. And we, we have a couple hours to ourselves in the Great Pyramid. So there's private time. And we go, you know, we do the camel rides. We're on a boat for seven days on the Nile. And we do sound work all the way through this, through this trip. Wow. It, I would love you to go.
0: <laughs> I would love to go too. <laughs> when I'm done having kids, I will, uh, I will go with you oh good. <laughs> oh man so
1: this sounds awesome and this is in november this year we leave november 5th the group leaves and uh it's november 5th to 19th and you can there's information on the website the seattle sound temple website that's wonderful and you go do
0: you go to egypt every other year now
1: yes yeah and uh, i i we go to peru also and and i travel with ashira safadi who has lived in Peru for eight to nine years of her life. And she, we work with the Carol shamans there. And we also do sound work there too. Both those places are dear to my heart.
0: Oh yeah. Those are incredible.
1: And so for people who are
0: in this area and interested in um, the Seattle sound temple, tell us about more of the things you have going on there. I mean, you have community sound baths every night, don't you know?
1: Almost, yeah. Uh, every Tuesday I do a sound bath, and there's sound baths here on Wednesdays and Fridays by two other practitioners uh, and and who are actually uh, former students like yourself who have become just incredible sound healers and, and have made it their, their path to do sound bath work. And so uh, Wednesdays and Fridays also, and we're teaching our level one again this july and mm-hmm. we're teaching another level one in september this year awesome. and then we'll be done until january okay of the following year
0: mm-hmm. fantastic and i would recommend that everyone go to a sound bath um, at the seattle sound temple if you haven't already and if you've gone before go again take a friend i found that it's really nice to take a friend and then kind of deep De, you know debrief afterwards? It's nice to have someone you know with you to kind of debrief afterwards. If especially if it's your first time, you don't have to do that. But I just found it's like a fun girls' night out, you know, or you know friends' night out type of a thing. Um, that can be really nice. And I mean, your space is just so lovely, and um, the sound baths are really like nothing. If you've, if you've never had a sound bath with the Crystal Alchemy bowls. They're like nothing, you know, you've ever had before. And then receiving a personal session, a personal healing session with you, Irene, is um, something to write home about. So you should definitely uh, sign up for that if you're needing some one-on-one attention. It's
1: pretty potent, pretty potent and amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Anna. I love doing those, the private sessions. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. They're just, just amazing. It's true.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's really what I do right now, but I'm working, we're getting, we're starting to work on building permits so that I'm going to build an office here and should be able to host small sound baths. And I cannot really? wait. Yes, hopefully by next year, we'll be hosting some. So we'll have some sound baths out here in the south, south end of town. What's the one
1: thing you want our listeners to know? Oh, that is such a big question. Okay, what do what's the one thing I want everybody to know? I would like everybody to know that they are all we are all sound vessels and the power of their own voice is their biggest tool. Just toning or humming, humming to yourself if you're walking down the street, humming, it, they know now that. Humming activates your autonomic nervous system and can calm you down. They've done medical studies. But we, we know we love to sing. So I would, I would just encourage people to hum more, sing more, maybe go to the park, sit next to a tree, and, and put your back up against the bark and ask the tree to give you a song and start humming it. And just start connecting to the world around you with sound. Really, all we ever have to do is ask. Hmm. ask the trees ask our guides to show us to guide us and and then start humming and toning and singing and see what song the cedar tree has to teach you see what song the flowers or the grass or the sky or the stars and just play it's if you can imagine it it's it is it is so hmm.
0: Thanks again for listening to the show. All of the show notes, links, and references can be found at www.sensitivityuncensored.com. If you'd like to read more about high sensitivity or intuition, sign up for my mailing list, book an intuitive reading with me, or learn about my membership or school, please visit my website at www.sensitivityuncensored.com.